Webinars are a powerful sales tool. In fact, they consistently convert at 10 times the rate of email. If you try to sell your product with email to a group of 1,000 people, you'll most likely make just one to 20 sales. But if you present your product offer to the same group of 1,000 people on a live webinar, you can expect to generate between 10 and 200 sales, 10 times the amount you would have generated with email. We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. We want to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. If you've been around the digital blog for very long at all, then you've probably encountered a few webinars. They can be great, full of awesome, helpful, free training, or they can be terrible, super sleazy sales pitches. In fact, they can be so terrible that some business owners decide they want nothing to do with them at all. But there's no reason to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just because some people misuse webinars and do them badly doesn't mean that webinars themselves are corrupt. No, webinars done well can be a wonderful, positive experience for you and your audience. They're an awesome way for you to share a lot of value with your audience, really help them, and in so doing, strengthen your relationship with them. They're also, undeniably, a powerful sales tool. More on that in just a minute. First though, let's make sure we're on the same page. What exactly are webinars? The word webinar is a combo of the words web and seminar. So a webinar is an online seminar, presentation, or workshop. And in the age of busyness and occasional quarantine in which we live, fewer people want to travel to local events than did in past years. And webinars make more sense than ever before. The typical sales webinar, the focus of our discussion today, consists of two main parts. The first part is an educational presentation. This content typically comprises about two-thirds of the total webinar time, and during it, you present a free tutorial or training. The second part of the sales webinar comprises the last third of the presentation and is some variety of a sales pitch. It might include demonstration of your product, as well as an explanation of how it works, who it's for, and the benefits it creates. You might ask your viewers to purchase the product, or you can offer them a free trial or invite them to apply to work with you. However, since most of us have found ourselves at the wrong end of a sleazy, salesy webinar, I want to emphasize here that done right, a webinar is focused on providing free, valuable, educational content to your viewers, and that the majority of the time is spent on that portion. The sales pitch should come at the end. It should be fully aligned with your personal and professional values, and it should be a logical and welcome next step for viewers to take should they want more of what you've already taught them earlier in the webinar. In other words, you want to knock their socks off with your free content so that they're eager to pay you for more. As I mentioned earlier, webinars are a powerful sales tool. In fact, they consistently convert at 10 times the rate of email. What do I mean by that? 
Well, I mean that if you try to sell your product with email to a group of 1,000 people, you'll most likely make just one to 20 sales. But if you present your product offer to the same group of 1,000 people on a live webinar, you can expect to generate between 10 and 200 sales, 10 times the amount you would have generated with email. Why is that? What makes webinars so effective? Well, first of all, webinars give you the opportunity to share a sample of your product with your prospective buyers. Imagine this situation. You are going through Costco and at least pre-2020, they were giving out a lot of free samples and everybody loves the samples. How many times did you have the experience where after tasting a sample of something, you suddenly were interested in buying a product that you previously didn't have any interest in or knowledge of before? Well, the same thing can happen with your webinars. The webinar content, the free educational content itself, provides that sample of your product product and it gets your prospects much more interested in buying the product. And at the end of your webinar, you might give a demonstration of your paid product, which again gives them a taste of what they could purchase, making them much more interested in doing so. Another reason why webinars are so effective is because your participants have actively chosen to be there. Unlike with email, where you're just blasting out emails to everyone who ever signed up for your email list, with the webinar, people have recently signed up and they have actively chosen to show up. So they've effectively raised their hands and they've said, yes, I'm interested. So they're in the right frame of mind to be really receptive to your offer. And the third reason why webinars are so effective is because they're live. You are personally asking people to buy, and because you have posed this question to them live, they really mentally, internally want to resolve that question by making a decision immediately. You've kind of opened this loop in their mind and they need a conclusion to it. So they're going to make their buying decision much more quickly. Now, of course, some people will decide, no, I don't want to buy it, but the people who are going to eventually choose, yes, in fact, to buy your product, they're going to do so in a much shorter time frame. In fact, often they'll do it even during the live webinar. Okay, so that really sums up kind of the benefits of webinars, why they are so powerful and why they don't have to be sleazy because if you really just focus on generously giving, then there's no reason for it to be at all sleazy or at all uncomfortable. In fact, one of the reasons I love doing webinars as much as I do is because of the amazing feedback I get from my audience when I do them. I always get so many thank you emails and of course thank you messages in the chat and people are just very, grateful to have received the training that I'm providing and that I made it free. You know, some people can't even afford to purchase the paid product, but they still want to show up for the webinar because they know that they will get to learn for free that way. And I am so happy that I'm able to provide that value to them. So now let's get into talking about the basics of how to set up and run your first webinar or your next webinar. Maybe you've been just doing it via Zoom so far and you're ready to step things up a little bit and have a more professional polished presentation, get better results with it. So you're going to learn the basics of how to do this. The very first thing you need to do is start with clear marketing messages. So this comes way before setting up your webinar software or anything like that. You need to make sure that you are super clear about what you are selling, who it is for, the problem that it solves, the results it creates, 
what it includes, the thing that you're selling, what does it include? And how do those features of the product relate to the benefits that the product ultimately creates? And the exact details of the offer, like the price of it, the dates that it's available, and so on. So we've got this whole list here of these different things that you need to be clear on all about the product. So we're not even talking about the webinar yet. We're just talking about the product. You need to know exactly who it's for, exactly what it does, the dates, all of those details. Because if you know all those details, then it is going to be much easier for you to craft an effective webinar presentation that will be fully aligned with the product. And the reason that's so important is because people are going to sign up for your webinar based on the title of it and what you say you'll be teaching. And in order to get the highest conversion rate with your webinar, you need to make sure you have the right people on the webinar, the people who actually want the outcome that your paid product creates. And the best way to ensure that you have the right people on the webinar is to make your free content perfectly aligned with that paid offer. So in other words, let's say that I am going to teach a course about how to grow on YouTube. And so then I need to make sure that my webinar topic is perfectly aligned with that. So for example, let's say that in my course, I'm going to specifically be teaching people how to make high quality videos for their YouTube channel. So I would want my webinar topic to be something very similar to how to make high quality videos for your YouTube channel. Of course, you can play with that wording a little bit and make the webinar topic a little bit more sexy and exciting and appealing to get the maximum number of people to sign up, but you do wanna make sure it is on a very similar topic. And the only way you can do that is by, first of all, knowing exactly what that outcome that your product creates is, and it'll be just overall easier to create your webinar content if you also know all those other details. Okay, so the next step is to, in fact, plan your webinar. So I'm not yet talking about creating your slides or anything like that, just planning the event itself. So you need to know when this webinar is going to happen and you need to know what topic the webinar will be about. Now, I already touched on topic a fair amount, you want it to be perfectly aligned with the outcome your product creates, but you want to make it a little bit more specific and you also want to make it a little bit intriguing. So let me give you an example here. A webinar that I did recently is called Three Secrets to Reach 1000 Subscribers and Get Your Channel Monetized in Three Months. So that's very similar to the outcome that our Creator Fast Track program offers to people with their YouTube channels, but we added those first couple words, three secrets to help people understand exactly what they were going to learn during the webinar. Whenever you make whatever someone's going to get more specific, it is easier for them to imagine what it is and to assess how valuable it is to them. So I added that numeral three to tell them how many things they were going to learn. And then I added the word secrets to First of all, add a little bit of intrigue, you know, so people start wondering, ooh, what are these secrets? I don't know. But also to be able to give them some sort of idea of what these things were. Were they tips? Were they tricks? Were they secrets? Were they facts? Were they myths I was going to bust? I wanted to give them an idea of the type of content they would be consuming during that webinar. So you're going to plan your webinar topic and you're going to plan the dates that you will do this webinar on. I would recommend planning your webinar for about a month from whenever you are planning it on, that makes sense, 
plan it for a month from today if you are working on planning your webinar right now. And the reason for that is it will take you a little bit of time to create the webinar content itself, to create the promotional materials, to send out promotional materials, to get people to sign up. Um, the shortest time frame you could probably do this in is about two weeks, but sometimes slide designs take longer than you think it will. So that's why I would recommend giving yourself one month. The next thing you need to do, step number three, is to write your webinar. So I do highly recommend writing your webinar content before you design your slides. If you try to design and write at the same time, I find that the process takes far too long and you also might not end up with quite the content you need in your webinar. You might forget some things, um, you might just get distracted, go off on a tangent. So I like to start by writing out the webinar content and I essentially write this like a detailed bullet point uh, structure that I would use to give the presentation. When you are doing this, you will first of all just write the ideas. So you'll write actually what you're thinking to share with people. And then later when that gets translated onto the slides, you might change the wording a bit or completely replace the words with something else. Because oftentimes on the webinar slides, you want to have some sort of visual something to illustrate what you're talking about. Maybe you want to have a quote. Maybe you just want to have some really short bullet points, even though you'll be saying things longer. What you want to avoid is putting all the words on the webinar slides that you're going to be saying. You don't want paragraphs of text on your webinar slides. So when you're writing your webinar content, you can either do it as a bullet point outline or you can actually write all the words. I would recommend starting with a bullet point outline at least. Now, the next step is to design your slides. So like I hinted at a moment ago, you're not going to just copy all of the words from your webinar outline or your webinar script onto the slides. You want to actually change these words to leave actually some gaps so that people have to keep paying attention, listening and watching so that they are not just reading and getting bored. You generally want to keep the number of words on each slide at a minimum and use visuals as much as possible because that will help keep people more engaged. Now, I would highly recommend when designing your webinar slides to start by creating slide deck templates. So you wanna create some blank slides for each of the different types of slides you're planning to use. So for example, you'll want to have a title slide. You'll want to have a slide that has something on each side where you could put like a title on one side and some content on the other. You'll wanna have a slide that's primarily blank. Maybe you'll want to have a slide that you can put a quote or a statistic on. So you'll wanna create each one of these types of slides and you don't have to think of all of the different types you need initially. You can start by just coming up with maybe three main types and designing those, making sure that those look cohesive and match your branding. And if you don't already have any sort of branding at all, you might wanna start by backing up a step here and creating a simple mood board or brand style guide just to help keep everything organized. Another option here, if you don't want to kind of take that, um, that deeper step of really working on your branding here, if you just need to kind of, you know, hurry up and get this webinar done, is to use a pre-designed webinar template. There are some great ones over on Canva now. 
pretty much any software that you might use to design a webinar slides uh, is going to have some templates. So for example, I often really like using Google Slides. And of course, people also use things like PowerPoint and Keynote. But I've noticed that Canva has been really good lately about coming up with nice looking designs that actually look current and don't look too stock or corporate. But instead, yeah, they just look current and they look very nicely designed. So you could definitely go over to canva.com and check out their free designs. And if you haven't used Canva before, it's completely free. They have a completely free plan uh, or you can pay $10 a month for some more features, but the, ten the free plan works just fine. Anyway, so you could go over there, find uh, a template that you like the look of that works with whatever branding you do have and get started from there. But I just wanna emphasize, start with the template and then start building it out based on your outline. You also could consider outsourcing this part of the process because this can be incredibly time consuming. I would say that even having done this quite a few times myself, it typically takes me six to eight or more hours to design webinar slides for one webinar. And when I was first doing this, it took me even longer. So depending on whether you have more time or money to invest in your business, you'll just want to keep that in consideration with deciding whether to design your slides yourself or not. I would also mention that if this is your very first time doing a webinar, if it is your very first time selling your product at all, you will wanna maybe keep your presentation a little on the shorter side so it doesn't take you quite as long to do all the things that are required here with writing the webinar and designing the webinar. And you might wanna do it yourself rather than invest money in an unproven idea. On the other hand, if you've been selling your product for a while, your product idea is already validated, you know for sure there's demand for it, then you could be a little bit more confident investing in a designer who could design the slides for you, which would of course save you a lot of time. I just don't want to recommend investing in an unproven idea. The episode you're currently listening to was originally offered as a live stream inside Startup Society, our training program for digital entrepreneurs. Each week in the program, Gillian teaches a live workshop for startup members, including a teaching segment, like what you're listening to right now, a tutorial segment that demonstrates how to take action on the lesson, and an open Q&A period where Gillian and guest experts work directly with each member. Members also get access to Startup Society's library of business training courses, monthly co-working sessions, and other events, and our private community forum. If you're looking for affordable business training, mentorship, and accountability, then visit startupsociety.com forward slash podcast to learn more about the program and apply to join. Now here's Gillian with the rest of today's episode. Okay, so once you've got your slides designed, then you are going to go ahead and set up your webinar tech. So this is step five of the process. And Webinar tech, what does this look like? Well, it's a software that you're going to use to host your live webinar. The very easiest, simplest option that a lot of people use when they are first starting out is Zoom. You've probably been on a Zoom call sometime in the last year. Zoom is very intuitive, it's very user-friendly, it's designed for people who are not necessarily techie at all, and you can certainly host a webinar on Zoom. Now, 
what you should know is that webinar softwares, softwares that are designed for webinars, offer you some more features for managing the crowd at your webinar. You can more easily be in presenter mode and not have your audience be distracting at all, have everyone muted, have everyone with their mics off, which is typically pretty key with a webinar. You can have interactive webinars, but it's more common to have a webinar that is just a presentation and not interactive. So it's a little bit easier to do this process to manage your crowd and to manage your offers, sharing the link to your product at the right time with a webinar software. However, I still would recommend that you do use Zoom for your very first webinar because it is so easy to use and because it can be free or at least very affordable. That's the other thing about webinar softwares is they can be kind of expensive. Okay, so then if you want something that is going to work as well as possible and just give you, you know, all the features you want and be really easy to use, then I would recommend using one of these dedicated webinar softwares. I'm currently and have been using for the past couple of years a software called EasyWebinar. I like it pretty well. It definitely has a few shortcomings, but I like it pretty well. I have tested out most of the webinar softwares that are on the market. And unfortunately, this is what I've found with all of them that I like most of them pretty well. There are some, of course, that I like less, but most of them work pretty well, but they all have their shortcomings. And so you have to kind of decide what's important to you and see if a specific webinar software has the features you need. Like I said, Easy Webinar has been working pretty well for me and I've been using it for the last few years and it is a pretty easy option. And then I'll mention one more option here, which is to do it yourself with an alternative solution. And I've also been doing this for the last few years alongside EasyWebinar, kind of depending on the specific situation of the webinar that I am doing. So what this looks like, at least in my case, is hosting a live stream via Vimeo. So I'm streaming live via Vimeo, sharing my webinar slides that way. And then I have the Vimeo live video embedded on my website, a page of my website. So then I send people the link to the page of my website and they can go there and watch the live stream. Now, one of the main features that this option provides that the webinar softwares don't is that most all of the webinar softwares have a cap on your attendees. So if you're on a 300 uh, attendee plan and 500 people show up to your webinar, then 200 people aren't able to join or get kicked out. And I've been in that situation several times. However, when you have a live stream just on a page of your website, unless you had so many thousands of people show up that it crashed your website, which I've never had happen, you will be able to have an unlimited number of attendees and it's also very affordable. You just have to pay Vimeo in this case, although you could do this with YouTube as well and then it would be free. But in my case, I'm just paying Vimeo to be able to live stream and then no matter how many people show up, it's exactly the same cost. And like I just said, you could also do this with YouTube. Um, the reason I don't do it with YouTube is because YouTube adds a few more things onto the the video that people are watching, just a few more like buttons and links that I don't really want there. but. Anyway, so that is your third option is to DIY it with an alternative option. I would not recommend that to beginners. Uh, I would recommend doing a webinar first using Zoom or using one of these other easy webinar softwares and getting your feet wet that way because it is simpler even though it might not have all the features you want eventually. 
Okay, so once you have set up your webinar tech and you figured out just what software solution you wanna to use to host the webinar, the next step is to write the emails. So you need to write some emails to invite people to your webinar, to prompt them to actually show up for the webinar and to follow up with them afterwards. Now, some people don't use email marketing very much. They might primarily use social media Personally, I find that email is what allows me to uh, communicate with the maximum number of people and communicate with them as effectively as possible. So I do highly recommend using email. However, you could do something similar to what I'm about to describe using just social media. So there are three different groups of emails you will need. The first group of promo emails are emails that promote your webinar. So these are emails you're going to send out in the week or so before the webinar happens that tell people there's a live webinar happening, you can sign up, it's free, come sign up to learn these things and I would love to see you there. So you're going to go through the benefits of the webinar, what people will learn and all that sort of thing. I typically send three to four of these emails. I'll send the first one about one week before my webinar and then I'll send the second one, I would say about half a week before the webinar so maybe about three or four days beforehand. And then I'll send one the day before and one the day of right before we are starting. The next group of emails you'll need is your are your webinar show up emails. So these are emails that get sent only to people who have in fact signed up for the webinar and they get them after they've signed up and before the webinar happens. They'll typically get one right after they sign up and this one says congratulations, you have registered, thanks for signing up, that sort of thing and tells them what to expect. And then they'll also need to get one right before the webinar happens that says we are about to get started, click this link to show up now, click this link to attend right now. In between those two emails, you'll probably want to send one or two more, but it depends on how far in advance you are promoting your webinar. If you're promoting it a couple weeks in advance, first of all, that's not something I would really recommend doing, but in that case, you would need to send a few more emails so that people stay interested in the topic and remember why they signed up. However, if you have promoted the webinar just like the day before it's happening, then you wouldn't need to send any of these extra emails because the people will remember exactly what it is and why they signed up. So I would say you need to add kind of one additional email for each day in between when they signed up and when the webinar is actually happening and keeping in mind that you don't wanna promote it too far in advance because then you'll have people who sign up who then end up not showing up. So that's why I like to just promote it a few days before it is happening. The last group of emails are your webinar follow-up emails. These are emails that get sent to everyone who signed up for your webinar after the webinar happens, and they are emails that follow up about the offer you presented in your webinar. So you'll typically send one of these emails right after the webinar ends or a few hours later with a link to the replay of the webinar. Now, of course, you don't have to do replays, but I find that there are a lot of people who sign up for webinars knowing that they won't be able to attend live and hoping that there is a replay. So we don't typically see a very high uh, click rate on these webinars or watch rate on these webinar replays. 
Uh, I would say it's normally around the roughly five to 10% of the people who didn't show up will actually click and watch the replay. But I think it's still worth it for those people and also even for people who did attend, but maybe they weren't able to stay through the whole thing and they wanna finish watching it. So after that webinar replay email, then over the next few days, you'll wanna send a few more emails. I like to send one or two each day until the end of the offer. I often like to do 72 hour offers. So after the webinar is over for the next 72 hours or three days, they are able to purchase the product or the offer that I presented on the webinar. So in that situation, I end up sending around six to seven emails over those next three days. I'll normally send two on the day that the webinar actually happened, and then I'll send one or two each day for the next couple days. And on the day that the cart closes, I'll send two or three emails. One in the morning saying today's the last day, one in the middle of the day talking about the decision that they need to make and some things that they might wanna consider, and then one at the end of the day that says this is your last chance the cart is about to close. Okay, so those are all the emails you are going to want to write. And we did an episode a few weeks ago about emails for launching. So go back and check on that one if you want some more detail on those and exactly what to include in each of your launch emails. But for now, we are going to move on to step number seven, which is to invite people to your webinar via email and social media. So you've written these emails, but now you need to actually send them out and invite people to your webinar. And a really important thing to think about is who are you going to send these emails to? If you don't have an email list, how are you going to invite people to your webinar? And the short answer is it will be difficult. <laughs> However, we have a few options. First of all, whether you are planning to do a webinar 30 days from today or not for several months, I would highly recommend that you start doubling down on building your list and engaging with your list. This really needs to be one of your highest priorities in order to have a successful webinar when you do have a webinar. Um, the second thing would be utilize your personal contacts. So even if you don't have an email list proper, you can still send emails to people you know who might be interested in your webinar topic and tell them you're doing this presentation and ask them if they might want to attend. Now, of course, if you are sending personal emails to personal contacts, you will definitely want to keep all the sales leads out of them and have them be really personal and a lot more casual so that people don't feel awkward or weird and like you're just trying to pitch them something. You're offering them something free and you're just asking them if they're interested. And then of course your third option would be social media. So you can use very similar content to what I just talked about in those emails and share it on social media if you have any sort of audience there. Now keep in mind that again, you want to keep it pretty casual on social media. If it's too salesy, too marketery, too professional, then people ignore it. So make sure that you keep it casual and fun and you just talk about what you're doing and why. One last thing that I'll mention here, we're not gonna get too deep into this at all, but that is paid ads. And the reason I wanna mention this is because a lot of people think, well, I don't have an audience, but I could just run some Facebook ads, right? And get people to show up for my webinar. Let me tell you a little bit of a story about what my experience with that has been. Several years ago, when I was first trying to get my business off the ground, I was watching a lot of webinars myself and I watched one about webinars. Yes, it was a webinar about webinars, selling a course about, you guessed it, 
webinars. <laughs> and in the presentation, the webinar, I learned that webinars are an amazing sales tool and that webinars can be just like this magical tool that I can use to sell my products. And if only I can learn webinars, then I can sell my products and make a lot of money. So I thought, okay, I need to learn webinars. This is what I need to do. So I bought the course and I started going through it. And of course they had said that they were not only going to teach me how to do do a webinar, but also how to get people to show up for my webinar. So I didn't have an audience at all at this point, so that sounded pretty good to me. I also wasn't that concerned about getting people to show up to them. I hadn't yet had the little epiphany that I had to have an audience, that I had to have some sort of list of leads. I was still really focused on sales strategies, so this is part of why I made this big mistake. But anyway, I get into the course and I start working on my webinar and I start you know, watching all the lessons about how to get people to show up for my webinar. And the method that they recommended was to use Facebook ads. So I start trying to use Facebook ads. And long story short, they're really expensive. I had virtually no uh, budget for my business at this point in time. And so I'm running these Facebook ads and hardly anyone's clicking on them. And when they do, each click is costing me several cents or maybe even a couple dollars. And then almost no one is signing up for my webinar at all. And finally, a couple people do sign up and it cost me something like $5 or $10 for each person that signed up. And then I finally tried to do my webinar and no one showed up. And so I ended up reaching out to the people who did the course uh, and asking them what's going on here? What do I need to do differently? And what they told me was, oh no, that's normal. <laughs> Which was not at all what I wanted to hear. But long story short, what I came to realize was that it is very typical for clicks to cost between 10 cents and a couple dollars, and that only a small percentage of the people who click on ads will actually sign up, which means that each person who signs up for your webinar is going to cost you quite frequently between five and $10. Sometimes we see it a little lower than that, sometimes three, four, five dollars, three to five dollars, but around $5 or a little more is most common. And then here's the kicker, typically only about a third of the people who sign up for webinars show up for webinars. And that means that each person who shows up for your webinar has ended up costing you somewhere between at the very minimum about $10 and at most they might have cost you 30, 40 or $50 for each person who shows up. Now what that means is that if you have the budget to actually do that and you are selling something that is fairly expensive and you are in fact getting a good conversion rate at your webinar. So for example, if 10% of the people who show up for your webinar actually buy your product, then let's say you have 100 people show up for your webinar, you make 10 sales. So let's say it costs you $20 for each of those people who shows up for your webinar. Okay, so you've just spent $2,000 getting 100 people to show up for your webinar, but those 10 sales, well, what if you're selling something that's $1,000? Well, then you just made $10,000. Okay, so I think you can see how that math works out. If you're selling something that's expensive enough and you have a good enough conversion at your webinar, you can definitely make money that way. But if you are selling something that is less expensive, like a course that's only $100 or an ebook that's only $20, 
or your webinar is not converting very well, maybe you're only seeing one or 2% sales, then you are going to be losing money and losing a lot of it. So uh, as I mentioned, I'm not going to go into depth right now about how to use ads to get people to show up for your webinars, but I just want you to know that the math there is challenging. And I would highly recommend first doing webinars to free organic audiences and making sure that your webinar actually is converting and making sure that you go through a validation process with your business idea, that you test out your business idea, that you figure out people actually want what you're selling and you have that proof of concept before you go and invest hundreds or thousands of dollars into trying to get people to show up for a webinar that you have no idea if even people are interested in the thing that you're ultimately selling. So that's a little rant for you, but <laughs> I think that that's something that's important for you to know. Let's move on now to talk about number eight, which is to host your webinar. Now, this is, I think, the funnest part of the process. The very first time you do it, it can definitely be a little bit nerve wracking, but once you get the hang of it, it can be really fun and easy, honestly. I love doing it myself. And it's great, especially when you have a crowd there to interact with. I also wanna mention though, if you only have a few people sign up for your webinar, you might very well have no one show up for your webinar or only one or two or three people. That's okay. Go ahead and do your webinar. Just go through the motions of it and get that practice under your belt. You're going to be learning so much along the way. You are going to learn some things that work, some things that don't. And you know, you might mess up a little bit during your first presentation. So if you have a really small crowd, that is all right. One little tip I'll give you here is I do find that I present a lot better if I script my webinar or at least I have practiced my webinar. So Make sure you practice your webinar because you really will just improve your skill with presenting so much. After you host your webinar, then you get to move on to the really fun part of just making sales. So you're going to be sending those follow-up emails and you will see the sales coming in. As I mentioned earlier on in this presentation very briefly, you will typically see somewhere between one and 20% conversion rate with the webinar. Um, and most frequently we see an average conversion rate of about 5%. If your conversion rate is less than 5% on a live webinar, then something is wrong. Maybe your audience is kind of the wrong audience and they're not really interested in what you are selling, or maybe your presentation itself could use a little bit of work. So if you're over 5%, I would just say, just keep going, keep working at it, work on improving your presentation skills, making little pivots over time. If you're under 5%, it would be good to have to talk to someone about what you could do to rework the entire thing, because we want to get you at least over 5%. Okay, and then the final step, step number 10, is optional, but it's a really good step for most people to take. And that is to repurpose your webinar and the emails you wrote to go along with your webinar for an evergreen sales funnel. So you have the recording of the webinar that you just did live at this point, and it's a really valuable asset that you can repurpose in your business to continue to make sales now 24 seven, even if you were not presenting a webinar yourself. So you can set it up with any of these webinar softwares that allow you to do an evergreen webinar. Easy webinar allows you to do this, certainly. 
And then you can have a way that people can sign up for it on your website and those emails can automatically send out to people. They can watch your webinar and then they can get those follow-up emails. And yeah, like I said, you'll be making sales 24 seven as long as you can keep sending leads to that webinar and people keep signing up for it. Okay, I have a lot more to share with you about webinars and how to use them successfully to launch your products online. So next week, we are going to pick up where we're leaving off here with part two of this episode. In part two, I'll be teaching you how to write your webinars, including a detailed framework you can use for each section of your educational content and sales pitch to ensure you create a webinar that converts viewers into buyers at rates as high as 25%. I'll also be sharing several webinar success tips that I've learned over the last several years of selling products online with both live and recorded webinars so that you can avoid my mistakes and start successfully generating sales from your very first webinar. Tune in next week for part two. I'll look forward to sharing even more with you about how to use webinars to successfully launch your products online. All right. Well, that is everything for today. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. If you found this episode helpful and you would like to participate live in future recording sessions, then be sure to visit startupsociety.com slash podcast to learn more about all the benefits of membership and apply to join. And finally, it would be a big help if you left work less, earn more, a review on Apple Podcasts. Not only will this help us reach more people, but it's also going to give you the chance to potentially win a 12-month membership to Startup Society. All you need to do to enter is post your review on Apple Podcasts, then email a screenshot to contact at gillianperkins.com. Thanks again so much for listening. Now let's wrap this up. I'm Gillian Perkins, and until next week, stay focused and take action.